Hello everybody, this is Falaka Malafe from Fresh Inspiration. Happy New Year, it's 2022 and I am excited about this year. And I want to start this year with a series that the Holy Spirit put on my heart earlier on as I was praying and I've titled it His Incredible Love. So over the next few weeks I'm going to be talking to you about the vastness and the greatness of the love of God. And I'm talking about the God kind of love. Is love for you and is love for me? And as I was thinking about this this week, I actually sent out a message to everybody. And this is what it said. It said that perfect love casts out fear. God's unending and unconditional love for you casts out and drives out every fear that is in you. I went on to say that my prayer for you is that you will fully know and experience his love that passes all knowledge in the most special way so that you can be grounded, you can be secure, and you can be bold in him all through the year. So I want you to remember that as we start to talk about his incredible love. Over the coming weeks, I'll explain what it means to be grounded, what it means to rest. I'll talk about the greatest honor that God has bestowed upon you and I and what that means for us in terms of our life and our walk with God on a day-to-day -day basis. But today, let's look at what we mean by this incredible love. So I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to 1 John chapter 3 verses 1 to 2. And it says in the New King James Version, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Behold, see what manner of love. Imagine what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called, you and I, should be called children of God. It goes on to say, Therefore the world does not know us, because it did not know him. Beloved, that's the second time he's using that word, beloved. Now are we children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him. I love that. For we shall see him as he is. I want to read that as well to you in the Philip's New Testament version. And it says, Consider the incredible love that the Father has shown us in allowing us to be called children of God. And that is not just what we are called, but what we are. That is not just what we are called, but what we are. Our heredity on the God word side is no mere figure of speech, which explains why the world will no more recognize us than it's recognized God. All their children of mine, this is John speaking, and in the bracket he says, forgive the affection of an old man. Have you realized it? Here and now, we are God's children. We don't know what we shall become in the future. We only know that if reality were to break through, we should reflect his likeness, for we should see him as he really is. Is. It says, consider the incredible love that the Father has shown us in allowing us to be called children of God. And is that incredible love that I want to talk to you about 
over this coming weeks and I also liked it in the Amplified because when I looked at it in the Amplified it talked about the quality of the love that God has shown to us it talks about considering the quality of love that God has bestowed or given to us the quality of love the Father has given to us that we should be permitted to be named and called and counted the children of God. The quality of love that we, you and I, should be permitted, should be named, should be counted the children of God. What an incredible love it is that we have in the Bible. And you see, as we look through the scriptures, we see why Paul, for example, coming to the book of Ephesians, was praying for us, for the church, for the saints, that we will come to know this love that God has for us. Because it's incredible. It's of great quality. It says what manner of love is this? It's almost, it's so unique. It's so unheard of. It's so uncommon. This love that the Father has for you and I and I want to be talking to you as we're talking about it we're getting to the point where I'm going to be sharing with you about resting in this love but it's uncommon it's not like any love you and I have known before it's not a natural love it's not a love that this world has or has ever been able to give it's a supernatural divine amazing love that you and I should be named the children of God. Of course, we know the Bible says in John 3 16 that for God so loved the world. He loved us when there was nothing to love in us. And because He loved us so much, He did something. He gave us Jesus. But let's look at Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 to 17. And when you look at the book of Ephesians, Paul had been talking in the beginning of Ephesians 3 about the wonderful mystery that God had given to him by the power of the Holy Spirit. And what was that mystery? That mystery was that we Gentiles, non-Jews, could come and partake of God's promises in Christ through the gospel. It says in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 9 that we should be fellow heirs and partakers of God's promise in Christ through the gospel and there are words that you come across in the Bible that talk to us as being in the family of God and we actually will see when we look at that prayer that Paul starts that prayer by talking about us in this family of God so when we read Ephesians chapter 3 verse 14 to 17 Paul says for this reason I bow my knees to the father of our Lord Jesus Christ from whom the whole family so what does a family consist of? A family consists of parents and children. And of course, that can extend grandchildren, great-grandchildren, grandfathers, great-grandfathers, all those things can come. But it starts off with parents and children. So when the Bible talks about family, we are in the family of God. He is our father and we are his children, as we've just read. He is our father. So Paul is talking here. He's saying, I'm bowing my knees to the Father. So he uses the word Father. God is your Father. And it's important that you and I know God 
not just as God. Yes, he is God and that's wonderful and that's amazing and that's incredible in so many ways, but he's also your father. So he says, I bow my knees to the father because when you talk about father, you're talking about an intimate relationship. So he says to the father of our Lord Jesus Christ and your father, and he says from whom the whole family, there's a family in heaven and the family in earth. You and I are part of the family on earth. He says from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he will grant you, that the father will grant you because you're in the family, that the father will grant you as his child, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. Then it comes to verse 17 and he says that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height. And then he gets to verse 19 and he talks about love. To know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. So here, Paul is praying about you and me who are in this family where God is our father and we are his children. And there he's expressing his prayer for us to be rooted and grounded in love. Is expressing his heart for us to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. So I had said to you earlier on that when we looked at Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 9, Paul was talking to us as children of God and he uses the word that all Gentiles can now be fellow heirs and partakers of God's promise in Christ through the gospel. Now that word heirs to be an heir means to be part of an inheritance. So an heir is somebody who inherits something or who has the right of inheritance in the property of another following their death. So as an heir of God, you have a right to inheritance. No wonder the scripture says in the book of Colossians and also in Ephesians that we share in the inheritance of God through Christ Jesus. So he calls us an heir, and that's a family word. That's a word that only applies to children. Because an heir is a family member related by blood. So we are related to God by blood. We are related to one another by blood in this family. And which blood are we talking about? We're talking about the blood of Jesus Christ. It is the blood of Jesus that enables us to cry, Abba, Father, to God. It is the blood of Jesus that connects us to God. It is the blood of Jesus that connects you to me and me to you. So we're related to one another by blood. And that is why we have become heirs of God. We are children of God, but we're also heirs of God. And the scripture says later on, joint heirs with our Lord Jesus Christ, because were members of the family. So an heir is usually a family member related by blood. 
And this is different from a beneficiary who could be anyone listed in a will that somebody makes. But you are an heir of God. And it's good when we look through the scriptures to see some of these words that talk about this intimate relationship. It's not, God is not just our friend. God is my father. God is your father. We are children of God. We are related to one another and to our father by God. We have a common blood, the blood of Jesus, and that entitles us to an inheritance. So if you turn with me your Bible to Romans chapter 8 and verse 17. Romans chapter 8 and verse 17 says, And if we are children, remember we read in the, where it talks about, Beloved, what manner of love? How incredible is this love that we should be called children of God? So Romans 8, 17 says, And if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. So there you see it. Not only did we see it in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 9, but it says, Now, because we are children of God, we are also heirs of God and joint heirs with our Lord Jesus Christ. So we have an inheritance and we partake of that inheritance right now. So when we look at Paul's prayer in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 14, we see that Paul mentions the word love twice. He mentions it as we said in Ephesians 3 chapter 17 where he talks about how we should be rooted and grounded in love and he mentions it again in chapter 19 where he said that we should know the love of Christ that passes all knowledge. Now this says to me that this is so important. Love is so important and actually if you look at Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus in every single chapter Paul mentions this love. In every chapter he mentions this incredible love of God. So if we look at Ephesians chapter 1 for example in verse 4 and 5 he says according as God has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. So he mentions love here in Ephesians 1. If you look at Ephesians chapter 2 this is one that I really like Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 4. It says in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 4, and I'm reading this from the Amplified. It says, But God so rich his e in his mercy because of and in order to satisfy the great and wonderful and intense love with which he loved us. Can you see how he qualifies this love with which God loved us? We've seen other qualifications when we were reading it um, in 1 John chapter 3. But here it says, God is so rich in his mercy because of and in order to satisfy so because of this great and wonderful and intense love with which he loves you and loves me and in order to satisfy this great and wonderful and intense love with which he loves us even when we were dead by our own shortcomings and trespasses he made us alive together in fellowship and in union with Christ. 
He gave us the very life of Christ himself. The same new life with which he quickened him. For it is by grace, his favor and mercy, which you did not deserve. I did not deserve that we are saved, delivered from judgment and made partakers. You see, that's our word, partakers, inheritance. Partakers of Christ's salvation. And he has raised up to get us up together with him. So why did he do all of this? He did it because of the intensity. He did it, like he said in verse 1, because he wanted to satisfy this great and wonderful and intense love which, which he loved us because he loved us. So God will always move for you because of this love, this incredible love, this same incredible love that caused him to give us Jesus Christ when there was nothing worthy in us. There was nothing good in us. There was nothing that made us qualify for it. Yet he gave it. Why? Because of this love, this incredible love that we are talking about. And you need to realize now that even today, God loves you. The Bible says that he loves us as much as he loves Jesus Christ in the book of John 17. He loves you. He can't love you anymore than he loves you right now. And this is how much he's going to love you through eternity. And when you start to think about it, so the issue is not so much whether God loves us, is you and I receiving and accepting and embracing this incredible and intense love that he has for us and allowing it to do what it does because he did it without your permission before and he will continue to do it without your permission. God sent Jesus without your permission. God made us alive without your permission. God raised up together with him without your permission. He made us partakers with him without your permission. He sat us together with him without your permission because of love. So can you believe today that without your permission, God will love you. Without your permission, God will show you the richness of his mercy. Without your permission, God will move on your behalf because of love, because of his love for you. And as you reach through the book of Ephesians, I only got to Ephesians chapter 2. We've seen love mentioned in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17 and 19. When you go to Ephesians chapter 4, in verses 2, verse 15 to 16, you see Paul talking about love. And in that context, he's about talking about love in the context of the church. Then when you go to Ephesians chapter 5 and 6, you see Paul also talking about love. Love in relationships, love in marriage. Our love for God and our love for our Lord Jesus Christ. You see that in Ephesians 6, 23 to 24. So throughout the book of Ephesians, there is not one chapter where Paul is not wanting to help us to understand how incredible, how intense, how such a great quality of love, how wonderful this love is that God has for you. So I want you to accept it. Receive it. Just say, Lord, I receive your love. Thank you for loving me. 
and I allow you to love me and to express your love in my life because you're God and because I'm your child and because I'm an heir of God and a joint heir with my Lord Jesus Christ. God bless you and I will see you soon. Thank you.